everyone and welcome to the Burgess podcast, the show where we are opening up conversations about life at sea, discussing hot topics within the industry, as well as offering mental health support and promoting well-being for crew. We also have our very own in-house recruitment team, so if you or anyone you know is currently looking for a new position, please send your updated CV to recruitment at burgessyachts.com or check out our recruitment posts on Instagram at Burgess Yacht Crew. Sustainability, the environment, carbon offsets, ocean health. These big conversations are happening everywhere at the moment. Our oceans are the origin and the engine of all life on this planet. And as we all know, they are under threat. The super yacht industry has a huge impact on ocean health. But while we are definitely part of the problem, when it comes to ocean pollution, we can definitely also be part of the solution. We aren't going to be able to cover everything we want to say in the next 15 minutes. But to mark World Oceans Day, we wanted to open up the conversation about the impact of yachting on our oceans and begin exploring the small changes we can all make to help make a difference. And to help kickstart these conversations, I'm really pleased to be joined by Alex Guy and Elliot McMullen, both ex-crew now working at Burgess, and Michaela Betty and Georgina Menheniot from the Burgess Blue Oceans programme. Hi, everyone. Uh, Thank you all for joining us and for talking to us about the various initiatives that are out there. Um, In a moment, we'll be talking about what crew can do on an individual level. But Georgina, can we start with uh, the Burgess Blue Oceans Initiative and the work that you guys are doing? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you very much for having us today, Lorena, to talk about this. It's super exciting to be opening up the conversation. So as part of our ESG commitment at Burgess, we formed a Blue Oceans team. We've got a number of projects ongoing, including donating to ocean conservation through every bit of business we do at the company. But one of the big things we wanted to get going was to start liaising with the yachts we work with and the yachts we manage and to help our own management teams lead the sustainability conversation with them. We wanted to find out more about the real life obstacles that they face on board, to discuss the solutions, to look for new solutions with them and help them work towards more sustainable operations on board. Really just to find out what's working for them and then share that and put that out there amongst the fleet. But clearly I'm not really an expert here. I got the team going, but we really needed some help in terms of digging into those big questions. So that's why we've brought in Alex and Elliot today and also Michaela who works intrinsically in the management fleet um, on the environmental side of things. So it's, yeah, it's learning from the people that are actually experiencing the day-to-day trials of sustainability on board a yacht. Exactly, because we all, we all sort of know what we're meant to be doing at home or what we could be doing at home. But when you put that on board a super yacht, the problems are extrapolated. <laughs> you're not shoreside, you're at sea. So the challenges in terms of getting things ashore, in terms of what you're doing, what's washing into the oceans, that is all that much harder And also the scale you're doing it on is that much larger. You then introduce the rules and regulations that apply to yachting and you've got yet another set of guidelines or rules to conform to. So the way we're going to learn best is to learn from each other. We can sit to the side, we manage the yachts, we can talk to the crew and we can really hear from them firsthand about what's going on. And if we can share some of those lessons and get our teams talking between each other and share that information across crew, the potential's huge. Yeah. And also it's a a massive topic. So it's, you know, I find it quite overwhelming uh, when you start to read about sustainability and 
actually the areas that I've never thought about before and the impact that that has, which we'll be talking about obviously throughout throughout the series. So it's, yeah, it's good to open up these conversations and just discussing ideas and, you know, getting feedback from, from the crew as well. Absolutely. And actually, to be honest, when we started, we were going, as a team, we've got to do this. You know, we're all late to the conversation in yachting. We, we should have been doing this 10, 15, 20 years ago as a team. But we started and we were going, oh my goodness, where do we start? <laughs> this is huge. So we started with the crew. We started with the crew. We started with the captains. We asked them. We said, look, we want to do this. We're going to do this. What are your challenges? And actually, what are you already doing? Because there are loads of yachts. There are loads of captains and crews that have already taken a long, hard look at how they run their boats and have decided to make some changes on board. And, you know, big shout out to them because those are the ones that are now driving the change in the industry. And it's people like us that can hopefully start sharing those changes and tell tell everyone else what's working. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So just um, briefly, Elliot, what, what is your background? Hi, everyone. I worked as a seagoing engineer for 15 years. The first half of that time was spent on cruise ships and the other half on board yachts. And last year, I joined Burgess in the capacity of technical manager and I'm based out of the Palmer office. Fabulous. So you have... Uh, some, some good knowledge and experience on uh, some of the machinery and equipment that we'll be talking about later. I do, I do, and probably some of the differences as well that you might see between cruise ships and yachts. As we'll go into later, I think you, you could argue that cruise ships are, are leading the way in many ways in sustainability, and um, some of these practices are, are slowly coming towards the super industry, thankfully. Thankfully, yeah. And Alex, how about you? What was your background? Yeah, thank you. Hi there, and thanks for having me uh, uh, on this discussion. So slightly conversely to, to Elliot, I was deck side. I spent approximately 15 years, I think, as, as uh, crew, starting as a sailing instructor in Greece and, and became a decky and then, then worked my way up to the ranks, getting my master's and captain's qualification. So slightly different angle. I actually worked with Elliot for, for several years. So um, we've both had uh, similar experiences on the same yacht trying to implement sort of environmentally friendly procedures. So uh, yeah, I'm very happy to be here trying to talk about it from, from the crew side and from, from now uh, shore side of things. Brilliant. Great to have both sides uh, as well. Um, and Michaela, finally. Hi and welcome. Hi. Hi, everyone. Hi, Lorena. Um, so I have been working for Burgess for nearly eight years now. And for uh, the past three, um, I've been looking after the environmental compliance of the managed fleet. And so basically, coupled with that, I uh, joined the Blue Ocean team. So as well as the compliance, I've been looking at, you know, what we can do to go above and beyond sort of the basic environmental compliance and hopefully um, improve their sustainability across the industry. Fabulous. No, that's brilliant. That's that's such a great range of perspectives. Uh, we should be able to cover all questions. <laughs> um, so we mentioned earlier, it's uh, sustainability is a huge topic and can seem like an impossible challenge. But there's a, like you mentioned earlier, Georgina, there's a lot of good stuff happening already with so many crew already looking at what changes they can implement, which means that there's a lot that we can learn from each other. So while we're going to talk through various topics and the steps each of us can make, we also want to hear from you guys about what you're doing already, what works, what doesn't work. Um, so do contact us on our Instagram page at Burgess Yacht Crew with your ideas, suggestions and lessons learned. 
So we're going to begin by going back to basics, breaking down the topic of sustainability into bite-sized chunks, where we'll talk through different topics, explaining the issues and the small steps we can make. So where do we start? For the first podcast, we're going to start with microplastics. Michaela, so this is something that is talked about a lot, but for my benefit, what are microplastics and where are they found? Um, So yes, microplastics have been all over the news for months now. And we've heard they've been found at the bottom of oceans, on top of mountains, in sort of Arctic ice, um, in our bodies, um, literally everywhere. But basically, they are quite simply very, very small particles of plastics. As we all know, plastic doesn't biodegrade. So, uh, but it does break down in smaller and smaller particles that then can even, uh, some studies found, even get into our DNA and cause damage to our bodies. And, you know, it's it's very, very nasty stuff. Terrifying. (laughs) Yes, it it, it is actually, it really is. There There are two types of microplastics, the primary microplastic, secondary microplastics. Secondary microplastics are plastic that breaks down from larger items already in the environment. So plastic that is, you know, in the ocean, for example, or, you know, in, in nature already, and it degrades into smaller and smaller particles when it's already out in the environment. Whereas Primary microplastics are the tiny particles of plastics that are released in the environment already in that form. So some of the main sources are, you know, things that we do in our everyday lives are washing synthetic materials and toiletries. So a lot of scrubs, even toothpaste, uh, some, some makeup has got, has got microplastics in them. And obviously it won't say on the label, or oh, this item contains microplastics. So it does take just a little bit of care a little bit of, of research if you buy anything that's got micro bits in it especially especially scrubs and things like that just to make sure that those micro bits are not actually plastic that they are biodegradable because you know once they wash down your, your plug hole they just end up in the water so how do you know how do you know if they're micro and um, it, it just it, it takes a bit of research um so just if you if you're looking for a body scrap particularly just just do a quick google search does this item contain microplastic because obviously the label won't won't really tell you uh the label might tell you it doesn't contain microplastic but it won't tell you if it does yeah and that's what it that's what's frustrating isn't it it's made very hard for people to make the right choices it's kind of it's dependent on you as an individual to do that research and google and you can't just go to a shop now and pick up a face scrub you've you've got to think about what you're buying exactly exactly and you know hopefully you know this would be something probably quite easy to regulate and hopefully will happen soon but the other main source of primary microplastics is washing uh, synthetic clothing. So about 60% of worldwide clothing is made out of synthetic materials. So polyester, acrylic, nylons. And, you know, when it's washed, tiny particles break away and they end up in the water that, you know, your washing machine discharges and then they end up in, in the water supply and ultimately in your food, in your water that you drink and literally, literally everywhere. Uh, so it's estimated that up to 35% of the primary pl- microplastics in the ocean is actually from clothes washing. Clothing, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, gosh, who knew that clothing had plastic in it? I think because we've actually all just grown up with 
clothes made out of nylon, clothes made out of polyester. We all take it as red, that they're just materials and they're fine. And it's only when you start thinking about it, when you're loading the washing machine, and I was doing that this morning, going, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, that needs to go in a bag that we'll talk about later, that needs to go in a bag. You start to realise how many washes you've done with how many pieces of just sports equipment, you know, all, all our sports kit, crew uniforms, all those things that make you quite hot and sweaty are probably releasing those fibres. And as soon as you really start to think about it, it's quite shocking. Yeah. So like, we need to be more mindful about the clothes we're buying as well then. So yes, the, the, first, the first solution would be to buy clothes made of natural materials, uh, cotton, linen, wool. Those obviously are uh, natural fabrics and they don't contain microplastic. Of course, there's lots of mixed materials too. So if something is 90% cotton, it's likely to still contain some form of you know, plastic material in that. So it's, it's, not, it's not so easy to find alternatives um, in that way. But there are other things that, that you can do. So the, your washing habits uh, can really affect quite how much microplastics is released out of your daily washing. So what about crew uniforms? What, what are they made from? Alex, are, are crew uniforms made from synthetic materials or are they more natural? I'm, well, I'm probably not the best person to, to provide an answer to that, but there's certainly a mixture. Um, and crew uniform, you get through crew uniform um, throughout the season in you know, huge numbers of it. You know, engineers getting oil all over it or, or, or get crew tearing it or whatever it might be. So it's a, an always a, a large cost on yachts and it's something that you need to try and keep down if you can. And as a result of that, you might be buying slightly cheaper uniform and therefore it might not be made by, with the best quality materials. So uh, there's a lot of uniform on board. It's always being washed and therefore it's probably likely that it's going to be containing microplastics. So it, it's a tricky one to try and resolve. And yes, if you have a large budget on board, you could probably be buying top quality uniform, but it's not always the case. And that might not be the case for quite some time. So to do these little filters and bags and, and you know, catching sheets, whatever they might be, I think is, is, a, is a contribution. I think it's something that, that can be done providing that you can store it, but it's, it's certainly a, um, a contribution to the problem. Although the bigger problem might be slightly hard to resolve, but that doesn't necessarily mean that yachts can't take on these resolutions, these little uh, problem solving devices and uh, methods. And, and, and you can write it into, you know, the way that the laundry is used. I mean, most yachts these days, you have standards sort of operating procedures or safe operating procedures, and you can't eat breakfast on board these days without a risk assessment or, or something along those lines. So when a laundry is, is set up or the procedures are, are sort of written down by a senior crew member, you can write them in, you know, filling machines to the maximum or always making sure there is a core ball or a filter in place or whatever it might be. And then once that becomes a standard practice on board and it's just repeated throughout the entire crew, then it becomes easier to implement. And yeah, I think we you know, will assist in potentially resolving some of the problems. But, but ultimately, it's a tricky one at this stage because the uniform is a big product on board. It kind of comes in, comes out the door pretty quickly. So it's got to be something that's fairly cheap. There are lots of, well, we are starting to see a number of suppliers of crew uniform providing uniform that's made of recycled materials. But because synthetic materials are the easiest ones to recycle, you are solving one problem because you're using recycled materials, but essentially you're still using synthetics. So it's still the same problem. And look, 
crew are leaping around all over the place. They've got to clean the boat. They've got to serve. They've got to clean the boat again. <laughs> Uniform needs to be pretty much sports kit that looks smart. So it's going to be synthetic because you've got to be able to move freely in it and get the job done. So it, it, it is a problem and it is a challenge. Um, it's the same shore side where people are starting to make swimming costumes or swimming shorts or sports kit made out of recycled plastic bottles or whatever it is because it sounds good and it sounds right but actually it's the same problem perpetuated time and again albeit you're taking some of the the plastic out of the the recycling chain at a good point you've just got to be careful how, how you deal with it and I think most of these things are and the other topics we get to too they don't need to be massive wholesale changes it just needs to be small changes, tweaks to how you do something with a little bit more thought. And as Alex said, if you if you think about it in advance and it becomes standard practice fairly quickly or you can write it into the ops manuals, then you should be able to perpetuate the pattern or hopefully, you know, we can all perpetuate those patterns. Yeah, no. So talking about the washing, uh, is there, are there solutions other than buying, obviously, more natural clothing? Are there solutions for crew when washing clothing and there are some things that you can do to reduce the amount of microplastic that are released. So one thing is fill up the washing machine to the maximum, if possible, because that creates less less friction when, when the clothes are washed in the machine. And so less fibers are released. So that is one thing. Another thing is using li- washing liquid instead of powder, because the powder scrubs the fibers and so uh, just creates more of these microplastics. See, that's really interesting because I've moved away from liquid to powder because the liquid is in a plastic bottle, but actually it's having the opposite effect. I was I was expecting this, uh, this comment from you, Lorena, to be honest. So, um, yes, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's hard to to win this one. You know, it's true. Washing powder comes normally in a, in a cardboard box and, and washing liquid comes in a in a plastic bottle. So it's it's a tough one. You know, ideally, we would use refillables for, with washing liquids. That would be the, the ideal. But, you know, even doing just one of these things would help. So washing at lower temperatures, as well as, you know, reducing the amount of microplastics release, washing at lower temperature also makes your clothes last longer. And so you buy less and, you know, it's got a positive effect on, on the environment. We all know fast fashion and we've all heard about the impact that it has. So wash at lower temperatures and, you know, just try and use the right settings in your washing machine, the ones that, you know, the eco settings. And, and finally, the spinning uh, you know, use lower spinning, lower revs, again, less friction and therefore less microplastics released. So th- those are the things that you can just do from today. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to. It's, it's just about changing your, your daily habits. And that is already a help. Gosh, and every day is a learning day because I did not think about the powder. So hmm. I'll take that one on board. <laughs> Can I jump in here? Because I have just found washing detergent sheets that are about 15 centimetres long and about six centimetres high. And they come in a small packet, which is probably quite good news for yachts because the store it's storing them. You can get tons of them in and they take up very little space and actually throw them straight into the machine and they dissolve as the water runs through and they do a really good job. And I'm certainly happy I've got a little bit of paper envelope packaging and I've got tons of washing detergent and I've won with Michaela's tips. 
(laughs) So much to think about, isn't there? So following on from that, uh, Georgina, what about, um, are there other tools that we can use with our machines, like filters, for example? So there absolutely are, and they're they're really easy to get hold of now um, via the internet. And we started talking about it um, at work through the offices, and a number of people started buying them straight away. And this was also something that we got great feedback on from the yachts that we were reaching out to at the start. So there's a special bag called a guppy bag, which is a really tight mesh, which lets all the water and all the detergent through into the clothes that you put in the bag, but catches all the microfibers and the microplastics on the way out. So you just throw all the kit, throw all the uniforms into these bags that are fairly sizable, throw them into the drum and turn it on. You obviously need then to empty the bag at the end of the cycle, but you've caught a good deal of those fibres and you just get them straight into the bin as opposed to letting them be washed out. And we know lots of the yachts are using those now. There's another tool, for want of a better word, called a corable, which catches the microfibres in the drum and I think draws, by science that is greater than my understanding, draws the fibres to it and keeps them so again they don't wash out and finally as you said there are the filters which you can fit to washing machines and we know that a number of yachts are using these filters loads of our staff are now using them at home too you have to empty the filters and I will actually hand over to Michaela because I know Michaela's just put one in herself um yes so uh, the filters are a bit more effective, you know, than the corbel, etc. But obviously require just a little bit more maintenance, so to speak, you know. And uh, it will very much depend on whether the yacht has got the space to sort of. You need to change them quite regularly, and then of course the key is disposing of them correctly. So it's quite easy to find them. Just a quick Google search, you'll find a variety of uh, different so- solutions and filters, but. Most, most of them, you will have to send them back to the manufacturer and then they recondition them and send them back to you, which, you know, it, it might not work for all yachts, but it's some, definitely something to worth looking into. You know, they're super easy to fit. I mean, if I fit them myself, um, you can just imagine quite, quite how easy it is. And then you can just put your clothes in the washing machine and, you know, you can worry a little bit less about it. And these really do work. Countries at a national level are starting to adopt or consider adopting this as regulation now. France has said that all washing machines will have to have, I presume new washing machines, will have to have them installed as a matter of course by 2023. So if it is being adopted at that level, then you would hope that it is a fairly effective and efficient and low maintenance way of getting the job done, which is what we're looking for really, isn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's a really good point, actually. All these tools are available online in all countries, you know, they're they're globally used. Yeah, they're shipping worldwide, certainly to enough places where yachts are picking up supplies from. Fabulous. Well, there's a a lot of food for thought there. I think, you know, one of the, the main things that I've taken from it is we all just need to be a bit more mindful with our shopping. You know, if we can avoid buying too excess clothing made of synthetic materials, that is the root of the problem. But then focus on, on our washing habits. Then, yeah, I mean, I'm certainly going to be looking at my uh, washing powder usage. <laughs> but I'm definitely going to look at the filter as well, because that's, that's a good idea. 
So yeah, let's uh, leave it there for microplastics. And um, yeah, anyone listening, if you have any top tips, uh, if you've tried the guppy bag or the corable and have any comments, feedback, then do let us know. Thanks, everyone.